Do you realize I wear this shirt underneath all my shirts? That's how good our tacos are. We all wear our Mexican jerseys under our normal t-shirts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Homies and Heroes. If you have not yet and you're listening on podcasts or you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to hit subscribe. I want you to like this. I want you to leave a review. I want the algorithm to get this out to as many people as possible because today I'm talking with my friend Abe Camacho from Heart Rev out in San Diego, California. Man, he is a guru on leadership. I am not joking. By the end of this talk, you should and will be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company company. That's how good he is. So I want you to enjoy this talk and share this with somebody. And like I said, please hit subscribe, hit bell notifications, hit like, put a review, do whatever you can that really supports me to get this word out and to get this to as many people as possible. Enjoy the episode. Come on, dude. It is so good to be seeing you. How are you doing? Bro, I'm good. How are you doing? I love that background, bro. Bro, I... I have had so much fun just kind of putting stuff together. Like it's just been, uh, well, I put together what my wife let me put together. And so uh, she let me put together quite a lot. Uh, we actually have a deal. Like these are these are like being leased to me. And so like my lease is running out. And so she's like, you got to figure out a background soon. Because she has to take like this whole, like these things come with cubbies and, and all that stuff. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm doing, man. But, uh, dude, I'm so glad that you jumped on uh, for everybody. Look, she's on here. She's like, I want my shelf back. Babe, you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back, I promise. Uh, but, Abe, let the people know who you are, a little bit of what you do. Man, I'm, I'm, first of all, thank you for inviting me, man, and having me. I'm pumped. I'm hyped. Um, I'm Abe Camacho. I'm a pastor out here in the promised land. I feel like Ooh. when it's time for us to go, <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. Y'all are coming this way out here. You're in Texas too? America's finest city, San Diego, California. So close. So close. So close yes. to San Antonio. Out here, bro. Super um, blessed husband and dad and uh, taco aficionado, bro. Well, taco aficionado, that, that is a big claim. Now, I, I have a question. Have you had a chance to really eat good South Texas tacos? No, no, because that's not a taco. Oh, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie, Steven. Do you realize I wear this shirt underneath all my shirts? That's how good our tacos are. We all wear our Mexican jerseys under our normal T-shirts. <laughs> I need to go. I'm down. I well, go. I, I don't know what. I guess um, the only SoCal tacos I eat when I go there is King Taco in LA. That's the only tacos that I eat, and they're really good. And so I have to, uh, I have to give a shout out to to King Taco. Um, but you, you tell me, what do you guys call it? Because we call it, uh, we call it Tex-Mex. Uh, so we have a catchy, a catchy culture for it. What would you call SoCal? Is there a like, is there a title to that type of food? Well, what happens is that I would, what I would call it is authentic. And let me tell you why. It's because we, we okay. Eso es orgullo, hermano. Bro, pecado. Like, 
Tijuana, like the taco as people know it, right, it comes from Tijuana. So the Tijuana is the original taco. That, that's where that type of food became made. Really? In Tijuana. Tijuana is 10 minutes south from my house. I grew up there. All my yeah. family's down there. So yeah. because you're so close to the origin, people here, you know, know how to do it. And hmm. it is what it is. It's because of what we're okay. You know, we're just the first. We're the originals. The like, original. Copied us. Can't beat the original. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Dark Knight was better than Batman Begins. So there are some cases. <laughs> there are some part twos that are pretty good. I No, but honestly, man, I do need to go to San Diego and test that food. I need to go to Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, the borders here are very different than the borders there. Uh, oh, yeah. Laredo, uh, Juarez, all, yeah, our Texas borders, um, not the tourist attractions that other places are. My dad was actually, he, he was born in Nogales, so yeah. uh, I think that's the border with Arizona. And so, um, yeah, from, he's from Sonora, so we got, I got that region. I just need to get some Tijuana tacos, the original. Just come through and just drive over. We'll have a good time. Let's do it. Drive over 20, 20 hours. So Dude, tell me, are you trying, um, trying to get on a plane right now? No, man. Oh, brother. No, we are fighting. I feel like I'm in a fist fight with Corona every time I walk out. There's so many numbers spiking. I feel like Corona is just like a, a person that is yeah. going just sniping people. Like, I, it's, become a, it's become a person to me. And so... Uh, out here, we're taking it personal. Like, we yeah. go out in boxing gloves. We go out ready to fight. <laughs> I just saw this thing that Ox Oxford, Oxford just released this um, news, the statement that they got a, they, they got a vaccine that is the most well oh, developed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this could be it. We're just waiting for the trials. So, in Jesus' name, I'm hoping Come that somebody on. finds it. That's true. And, like, I'm just trying to get out of it. I'm just trying to go hang out with you. You're trying to hang out with Dude. me. I'm doing this. Do it for the tacos. Do it for the tacos, man. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, do it for the tacos. That is a new shirt. I'll wear that shirt on top of my jersey. Yes. And, uh, it'll be a great, a great world all around. As long as I'm not taking a vaccine from Bill Gates, yeah. I'll take the vaccine. Like if a billionaire is coming up with it, I don't want it. That is the mark of the beast. You have been warned. Do you didn't know this? We were gonna talk you about heard the end it times. first. You heard it. You heard. We're talking end times right now. Which bowl are we on? Which conspiracy theories tonight? We're all conspiracy theories. If you thought you know what about the Jesus? Nope, brother. Well, okay. Think about this. Ten years ago. Okay. If you tried to predict this year, like in 2010, if someone were to tell you, "This is who's going to be president. This is what's going to happen in the nation. This is the sickness that's going to happen. This is what they're going to do to society," you would think that that is a movie and that's a dark movie that they should never release because it doesn't seem like it would ever have a happy ending but that's we're right. living in it yeah like right now yes it's insane but you know what I, like uh when you said uh batman i love the the, the sci-fi world i love i'm a big star wars guy i'm a big fantasy guy and uh the, the good the good guys gotta come out it's gonna yeah. be an underdog, and it's gonna come through. So I'm like, I'm yeah. like a low stress individual. Thank God. Yeah, I see that's these true. things, and I'm like, all right. 
Oh, know. okay. Which Rocky was it that he lost, and you had to wait till the next movie for him to win? Was it like Dude. Rocky three um, or four? like that? To me, is the most depressing. Or like Avengers: Infinity War? Yeah, where everybody dies and then they just make us leave. They're like, all right, right. See you in a year. Like they're, what? They're the That's how world. I feel. Twenty twenty is. It's like, hey, see you in twenty twenty one. I kind of just want to break, right? Like, yeah. wake, you know that song, Wake Me Up When September Ends? Like, wake me up when Rona ends. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm chilling. Man, someone really does need to make a remix to that. Now, Abe, you're a leader, and um, you're a young leader, and you have to lead through all this, man. You have to lead through all that is going on in the world. More questions than ever. People have more questions than ever. Uh, people are looking for answers. People... Um, and some, and to some point, people are looking for clarity more than just looking for answers. And and obviously, us as uh, mouthpieces of the Lord, just downloading things from His Spirit and and being charged to bring them on Sundays, midweeks, you know, through devotionals. How are you handling the pressure right now to communicate well? Man, that's I, I love that, and thank you. Um, it, it is. Um always an honor to know that you carry the burden to lead people. That's just an honor within itself. So I love talking about leadership. It's my passion. Um, so how am I personally handling it? You know what? A crisis is a crisis regardless of. The, the, pro the, the, the thing about this particular crisis is that it's real to all of us. Hmm. But when you're a pastor, you realize that people go through crisis all the time. It's just that Unless it affects us, we don't make a big deal out of it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And this is the, the, the issue with a lot of leaders that are, this, is, this is probably the first crisis that they're going through because it's affecting so many people. But yeah. think of all the funerals that we've done and um, mm -hmm. all the hospital visits. That, so there's a lot of people that are like, thank God my immediate family is healthy right now. A lot of people are for the first time, you know, dealing with family members that are, that are you know, contracting the virus and they're being affected by it. But if you look at the years past, when I do a hospital visit, that is just as real as right now. So, yeah. you know, how am I handling it right now? It's the same. It's my job is not to bring the answers. The job of the shepherd, in my opinion, is not to mm -hmm. feed the sheep as long as it is to lead the sheep to be fed. Mm -hmm. So my job is constantly, I'm in the spinning, I'm in the spinning world in the sense of like, they come to me with an issue and I'm like, let me, let me not give you the answer let me point you to the one who has the answers with his wow. Jesus. So we're like, crisis for me is a bridge that I'm using for the advantage of the gospel. Everything that happens in my life, good or bad, right. victory or defeat, the pandemic or a big success that we're going through, it's going to be for the glory of God if we as leaders use it with that end in mind. So that's kind of what I'm doing with it. I'm doing whatever I can to point people to Jesus through it. Because once this crisis is over, there'll be a new crisis and then there will be a new crisis. Right. And if we don't learn the habit of using crisis for, to lead people to Christ, then we're really missing the point. Man, from crisis to Christ. Come on, <laughs> sermon series, somebody. Sermon series. Come on. Heart Rev Church starting this Sunday. Heard it, you There you go. Dude, so... How do you avoid then the trap of leading people to you in the era of platforms, in personal platforms, in personal branding, and, and kind of trying to do your own thing? 
how, how have you navigated that? And I would say as a young leader, because we have been bred in this, this era where no one has it figured out. And so we're all almost like trying on our own to balance. Is this, I, is this self-promotion or, you know, I really do got a good one-liner right now from my sermon. I could drop this and I know people will say something about it, but am I scratching the itch of my pride or am I actually trying to impact somebody? How do you like balance that line where it's not self-promotion, but you still want to be impactful? That's great. I, I, I don't necessarily call it, I mean, it is self-promotion. It is what it is. Uh, it depends on the heart behind it. I would tell you this, I don't have a problem with drawing people to a leader as long as the leader is the real deal. Mm -hmm. um, so, so this is one of the issues that I see with a lot of leaders. It is this, this it, they become obsolete because they cannot get through what I call false humility. They're like, wow. don't come to me. Don't look at me. Don't put my face on it. Don't put mm -hmm. my name on it. But this is the truth. When you see Jesus step into the scene, John the Baptist was already there. And John the Baptist had disciples. And then they went to Jesus and they asked them, are, are, are you it? Like, are you the one we're waiting for? And it says, and Jesus comes and says, check everything that I have going on. Basically, here's the principle. They have to be disciples of John before they can be disciples of Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you think that it is self-promotion, it probably is self-promotion when your target is other Christians. You're like, come and follow me. But when you're actually targeting people that have never heard the gospel, which is my target audience, right. that are lost, that are that they have no idea that they're lost, but they're just living their lives. How am I going to point them to a person that they cannot see if they can't first develop the discipline to follow a man that they can see? Mm. So this is what I tell them. Hey, follow me. Come hang with me. Come to church with me. Listen to me. Get to my podcast. Get to my life group. I'll hear me, hear me, hear yeah. me. And then all of a sudden, they'll get to the point where they're like, dude, what is it about you? And I'll just say, hey, now you're ready. Let me introduce you to Jesus. But they got to be disciples of you before they can be disciples of Jesus. That's why a lot of churches cannot pass through that, that, that first gap of growth. It's because every time who comes, they're like, it's not my responsibility. Because every time whoever's on the platform has not only the privilege, but the, but the, but the responsibility. So I say, follow me. I will be responsible. I will be accountable for you. And once you're here, man, Jesus gets all the glory. So, I, you know, I do put my face out. I do put my wife and I as leaders now. We step up because we want them to develop how to be a disciple of a person so that they can be a disciple of Jesus then. Yeah, and I think that you're right. There is this fear of having to take responsibility. And I think that, yeah, once you put yourself out there and it's your face and yep. it's your family and it's your wife and it's your kids and, you know, and you put your blood, sweat and tears in it, all of a sudden there is this skin in the game that you're not leaving this unscathed if you mm. didn't take the responsibility seriously. And I mean, it's, it's a re it should be more of a reverence, right? Yeah. It's a fearful reverence right. the fearful reverence of what you didn't give to yourself what god gave to you out of your obedience right. not because you were good enough or talented enough and so uh it's kind of staying in that in that vein um i i really do want to know like how have you made yourself full 
every day in order to output as much as you are outputting right now? What does that look like? Maybe it's a daily routine or, uh, you know, what's your time with the Lord looks like? How do you stay full with all the output that you're giving? That's great. That's a great question. Um, I do have a daily routine, which is what gets me. I'm like a, I'm a boring dude. I do the same thing every day. Mm. Um, drink black coffee. I just do the same thing every single day. That's just what works yeah, yeah. for me. Um, every day I wake up, I read uh, my word, my one-year Bible. Uh, and then after that, I uh, read a book. So right now is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yes. Great book. Mm -hmm. And I read that. I don't have a time like until I get bored, really, like until like, I get tired of it. Yeah. Uh, then after that, I listen to a podcast. Um, I usually just like re-listen to podcasts, but it's, you know, the Craig Rochelle's, the Carrie Newhoff's, the right. leadership lean-ins. I'm, I'm about leadership. So that I, I love listening to John Maxwell and all, and all those people. Right. So, so that gets me in, in, the, in, the, in the mode of winning because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom, then everything else will be added. I take that literally. So I believe that if I want everything else to be worked out, am I, if, you know, if I'm going to be in a conversation like this, and I'm going to need something to give, I don't have it. So it needs to be added. Well, did I seek for the kingdom this morning? Absolutely. So I don't worry about it. Like after this, I have a small group that I lead. So I'm going to jump on that Zoom and, and do that. And, you know, th this morning I, I recorded two sermons that are staff meetings and did all of that. But that's just yeah. God. God's just looking for vessels. Now, wow. how do you remain full? It's not so much about the, the quantity of content as much as the quality of content. And I always say it's the, it's the difference between being full and being satisfied. I can get full off of McDonald's and junk food. McDonald's is great. I tell you that much. But you can get full of all these things and you'll feel heavy. You know, you'll mm. be like kind of down. But, you know, you take me to a good sushi joint, take the mm. rolls, whatever yep. it is. Man, Come I'm on. full, but I'm satisfied and I'm even energized. Because when you're satisfied, you have what you need and you have much to talk about. So I don't just read for the sake of reading. Like, you know, I read until I get bored. I listen. I don't have to finish the whole podcast. Once I'm done, I'm done. Once I've heard something good, that's it. I don't, I don't oversaturate because it's not about being full because being full will slow you down. Being satisfied will speed you up. So that's kind of what you need. Stay agile, stay light, get filled, get spilled. So like don't intake so much if you don't have anything prepped. Like for me, if, if I don't have anything, like on my Sabbath, like I don't do nothing. Like I just read my one year and that's it. Like I don't advance the kingdom on my Sabbath. This is weird to say. Like for no, no, talk God. about it. He's got it. But like the rest of the days, I stay light. I take it. I give it. Period. Wow. That is so incredible to hear because we have been so developed in quantity culture right, where it's just more, 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 more is better, more grinding, more work, right, and and either you're just burnt and spent by the end of it, or like you said, you're just full of all the wrong stuff because you're just aiming to fill the time yep. instead of really taking initiative and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this, 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 and be strategic uh, with your time. When did you develop that? Did that happen young? Did that happen recently? Was it a position? Was it a mentor that led you to that conclusion? How did that work out? You know, it was a combination of things. But um, I learned from this guy. He, he, uh, he was a young adult leader in the city. And he 
taught me about um, the Jesus time management. And he talked about how when Jesus was with um, Legion, this man who had the demons, mm-hmm. he sets them free. Then Legion's like, hey, let me follow you. And he's like, no, man, just go home. But then he enters, mm-hmm. he goes in, and then there's this man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is like, hey, man, I want to chill with you. Let's go to your house, spend the night, and let's chill. So to the need, he gives ministry. But to the influencers, he gives time. So mm-hmm. I, I feel a lot of people, depending on your assignment, personal assignment, that depends on what you're going to be filled yourself with. So a lot of people do have to fill themselves because all they do is minister to the needy. So it's right. a lot of like the prayer and the intercession and the, and the prophecy and go, 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 go. So you need to be, it's a different, it's a different muscle. Now, when you're speaking with people that are influencers, um, it's a little different because they never really right. take you that deep um, on the theology. You got to be sharp, but like you have to be even more filled with skills about how to flip it to them. So I developed a routine based on my audience, not on my desires. So, wow. um, so when I switched to now leading as a pastor, as a lead pastor, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm equipping the saints. So I'm leading leaders. So I'm no longer just with my, my 12 guys and the couples and, and like dealing yeah. with like the breakups. And no, no, no. Now I'm talking to business owners with hundreds of employees. Like I need to be able to bring something to them. So yeah. that requires me to be physically uh, better, uh, mentally better, emotionally better. So, you know, the book is about dealing with people. I'm no longer leading, like, the seven mysteries of heaven right now. Like, <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm reading on. how to deal with people. So, yeah. so the, the, the need um, is what determines the, the flow for that particular season. And I love that you said that, that the need determines the flow. Uh, you can't... <laughs> You can't approach everything the same way. There's fluidity. There's fluidity to Jesus. There's fluidity how he handled various situations. And uh, understanding your season, understanding where you are in your season, understanding who your audience is, understanding what stage of life you're in. How can someone take inventory or what are the things we should consider while taking inventory of where we are and who we are right now so that when we choose our development and we choose what to lean into, we won't waste time filling ourselves with all of the wrong things. Dude, that's great. Um, the inventory that, that, that we need to make is always about people. People determine everything. So the first thing you got to look at is your circle. And I would ask the same question. like, do, Does your circle right now look like the person you want to become? And let's mm-hmm. just start with that. So if, if, if right now you do ministry and you do ministry and you have the acquaintance at church and ministry and work, yeah. then you go to your buddies and all your downtime is just dumb stuff. Like that's what your future is going to look like. And you're going to be, you're mm-hmm. always going to be so frustrated of like, how come my work ethic is not giving me a different lifestyle? Because it's never about what you do, but who you're with that determines mm-hmm. your future. So the first um, metrics that I would say is like, look at your circle. Like, what do you want to do? And then, and then it moves on. Like, okay, let me ask you this question. Like, where do you want to be in life? Like, where do you want to end up? What do you want to do? And people say, well, like, you know, it's all about seasons. It is about seasons, but seasons uh, in the Bible are not determined by time as much as they're determined by relationships. So I will tell you this. So when I was, I was single, 
I was single for a season. I was single, a long nice. season, tell you that much. <laughs> and then my wife came in, so I was no longer seasoned. I didn't just say, I'm not single. No, a person stepped in, filled that mm -hmm. role. So my title, my identity changed. Wow. Then I was yeah. engaged until I was married and my wife came in, so now I'm a husband. Then I wasn't a dad, regardless of I was a spiritual father or a big brother, until my first daughter came, my season as a dad began. So if you want a new season to enter into, then that's the inventory you got to make. Like, okay, wow. what people need to be added or what people need to be taken away. Wow. So that's the inventory. It's all about the future. It's all about where you're going. Earl McManus says, you have more power over your future than you think. It's the people that you choose and the choices that you make. That shapes your whole life if you really think about mm -hmm. it. So, so for me, the inventory, I'm always looking at people. So I'm always looking at like, who are my top 10 DMs? Who are my top 10 texts? Who I'm always hitting up? Who I'm always right. hanging out with? Because right. that's going to shape my future. And if you don't like it, I'm just saying, you don't have to get rid of them, but you do have to add some people that look like where you're going, not just where you've been. Yeah. Wow. And what are the top three things you would say then? Uh, because I think they, they're, they're all kind of lean. But what if you're saying someone that needs discipline right now and they're like, it, I'm trying to take inventory. Everything's going crazy. I can't, even, I can't even think to try to start. What would you say these three things are yeah. where you can start? What would those things be? I think the, the foundation of a person is a faith, family, and finance. Hmm. So, yeah. so, so like, let's just say you, you're 21 years old and you just want to have fun. So you don't want to hang out with, I understand, Pastor Rabin, the future. I worry about my friends. Got it. Well, let's get you some mentors. Faith. Who's your faith mentor? Okay. Your faith mentor is the person because a lot of people have a lot of issues. We all got issues, period. Not everybody needs to know all your issues, but one person needs to know all your issues. That's your faith mentor. So you don't have to put all your business out there. All your friends don't have to know your issues, but you need a faith mentor that you can divulge all your issues because you're only as sick as your secrets. You need your faith mentor. But you need your family mentor. I believe that God believes in family. That's an institution that he placed. Our heart, our heart revolution, it's all about the families. Everything I do, I do it with my wife. I do it with my kids. They're right outside screaming. So sorry if you can hear them. But, um, hey, I know that life. It's all about the family. It's yeah. all about the family. And uh, so get, get, get around people that have a family the way you like it. So if we're talking young people or maybe divorced people or older people that are looking into building a family, don't try to bring them into your world. Get yourself into their world. Be like, hey, John and Mary, you know, I got you all a little gift. Want to swing by and drop it off and swing by and take 20 minutes, come with three questions, serve the family. Dude, you know this. Like, as a family, I ain't got time. Like, I ain't got time. Like, I got kids, I got wife, like, I got it. But if someone comes to my home with a little gift and like, hey, man, I just, dude, I love how you do family. I want to just, dude, absolutely, welcome. And then finances, period. This is what kills most people. They don't know how to manage their finances. Mm -hmm. So maybe you don't know a business owner. You know, maybe you don't have it in you to go ask. There's incredible courses online. The, the Dave Ramsey, yeah. dude, all these incredible things. Get yourself in a course about finances because it's going to set you up. I wish somebody told me, would have taught me how to save money, would have taught mm -hmm. me how to budget, would have taught me all those things. Dude, you need a faith, family, and finance coaches, mentors in your life ASAP. Which we wish that at least high school would have had a course on.
something <laughs> on credit like come on high school i don't want to i don't want to have to take that like as an elective because that's not the elective you want to <laughs> no. take force me force no. my 15 year old self yes. to learn about credit and biology biology should be an elective i don't know <laughs> exactly i don't Chemistry? even know what photosynthesis is what what? No. I don't need the Pythagorean theorem. I don't. I. I don't even. Remember. I just know the name of it. I don't even know what that actually applies. That might be a math term. But. <laughs> I, I, but it's that's so true. I. I. I really. I agree with all of that. You know. And you know. Now. Right. I'm. I'm married. I got my first daughter. We have tomorrow. We'll find out the gender. By the way. So Ooh, I saw my future daughter or son. Uh, tomorrow, everyone's throwing it in. That's it's a son. Well, uh, well, you already know what it is. Like, so you get announced if it's a daughter or a son. I don't know what it is. Oh, you don't know? You I don't. Out. We find out tomorrow. Ooh. So I, I have settled in my heart. Do you, okay? So question: Do you you have two daughters? Yeah. I. How, how old are they? Three and one. Okay, so yeah, if I have a daughter. My daughters will be about 20 months apart. Yeah. So uh, I, I want a daughter so bad. And I don't know what it is about me that, that like, I feel like there's a different type of pressure in having a son. Yeah. And I'm, like, gearing myself up because tomorrow could be, you're having a son. It's like, I got to become a man, man, like a man's <laughs> man now. Like, I got to go get some more calluses on my hand. Let me go chop yeah. a tree down. <laughs> this, this boy going to know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, I, I think leading this next generation, we're leading Alpha, our, our, our daughters, um, potentially our daughters and my son. But uh, our yeah. children are Gen Alpha, uh, right sandwiched between Alpha and us millennials. You got Z. How has that been? How has that communication been? Because we're used to being the young guys in the room, right? They're like, we're There's now, no one. there hasn't been a younger person than me in this room and now we are not only not young we are we are not cool <laughs> we are falling behind so quick i it is it is baffling me like it, it i never thought i'd get in that place yeah. but how have you shifted obviously not all your focus because you're a pastor but how have you shifted your focus in that direction to gen z and then even uh to gen alpha how have you navigated that what are you seeing what are you seeing from this next generation? How are you navigating it? Dude, that's crazy. Um, yeah, dude, we're not cool, man. <laughs> they hurts. don't think this is cool, man. This is like, are you kidding me? Bro, I when I had one that started buying this. Bro, I love all that. I'm all about it. Got all your Star Wars stuff, Dragon Ball, Thanos' glove, you know. Let me, you know let, let, hold, let me show you. Let me just show oh, you. Oh, man. Can't leave you hanging, bro. Dude, this is this is homies and heroes, y'all. Y'all won't get content like this anywhere else. Oh my goodness, Snoke! Y'all know about my boy Snoke, bro. This is in my office. This is like, I'm you see, people don't understand quality content. They don't. Uh, <laughs> These dumb folks you know, don't know. Exactly. Look at this. I have a Star Wars Coca-Cola grenade. I have this. Yeah, about that. <laughs> oh my gosh! But the the content. But that's it. That's on topic. Like, cause there had there's a special type of content. Yes. That, that we have to put out. How are you navigating that? What are you, 
You have, do you have a TikTok? Are you making dances? Like, I well, try. I, I have a TikTok, but I don't, I just like consume it. Right? <laughs> but because yeah. it's hilarious. Yes. It and is. I learn a lot of things of how to do things, like how to fix things and <laughs> so much. Like your TikTok is just like a bunch of DIY stuff, like do it yourself. Right now it's like DIYs and how to grill a steak. That's all I have <laughs> on TikTok. There's no comedy on mine. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna learn how to do it all. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, this whole thing. It's a great question. There's a lot of people getting stuck. Um, my favorite movie is The Godfather. That I, I love The Godfather. There's this yeah. great scene at the end where he's becoming a, a, a Godfather. It, there is a, a baptism of a little of his of his niece um, or his nephew, and they're at the they're at the church. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a Catholic, obviously. Uh, they're Italian. And the priest is baptizing the little baby. You know, the Catholics, you're a baby. Yeah. And um, he's speaking in Latin. And he's just talking like he's praying in Latin. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, dude, I was crying. I remember my wife and I, I told her, we got, when we get married, I want to get married Catholic. Just because the Godfather. <laughs> I was like, I want some Latin in there. I want the robes. I want all yeah. of that. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is what, what what I'm bringing up that scene. The priest was speaking in Latin, and it was beautiful. It was so beautiful, but I had no idea what it was saying. Mm -hmm. This is what I think this next generation thinks of us. They're like, dude, we think it's dope. Look at the churches you've built. Look at the followership that you have. Look at the yeah. aesthetics. Wow. I just don't know. I don't know what you're saying. So then what our previous generation, the Gen Xer and the Boomers, what they try to do with us is that they try to speak like us. So they try to say, oh, that's dope. Oh, that's rad. Oh, keep it 100. Like, they try to talk like us. Yeah, yeah. It was so unattractive. Yeah. What I realized that the Gen Z wants is they, they really have marketed themselves so well that they know who I am, but they know mm -hmm. who they are. And they're okay with us connecting as long as I am who I am. Mm. So what's, what's really helped me out is, okay, I get to be myself. Now, you, you hit it in the head when you talked about TikTok. Um, how we're going to communicate with them and how we bridge the gap is not about how we say it, but where we say it. They have mm. specific platforms that they want to be reached. And um, unfortunately or fortunately, I think it's fortunate for us, they all have their phones so I think um, social media is, is, is going to be key moving forward in all right. types of online platforms. I mean, look at where we are right now. Like, the reason why we lost a generation is not because we didn't have the best youth pastors. It's because we didn't have the best online presence for youth pastors. We had, I mean, wow. our, our, the senior leaders had a show. They had radio. They had podcasts. What until the youth pastors? They, like, wow. disappeared from one day to the other. So we need to give them representation and a show or something so that they can connect. So I, so I don't think it needs, it's regards for me to change. And I, I'm a big believer also in champions, not just with Gen Z, but I believe that every decade in our church needs a champion. So mm -hmm. I, I have a, a teens champion, um, a 20s champion, 30s champion, 40s, right. 50s, 60s, 70s, basically a couple or a person that whoever comes to our church in that demographic, I point them to that person. So they don't need not lead like a logo to, to, to vibe off, but they need an example to model. So that's kind of what we're doing. It kind of works for us. Yeah, that's such, that's so intentional. And I love that it's, 
it's in in ten year spurts because there are those gigantic chasms within churchdom where it's not until forty years later then we start to handle certain things, especially you know coming from the Latino community uh, in the United States, especially that gap is gigantic. It's an enormous gap, um, and especially a quick culture moves and technology moves that gap is it's so much quicker to, yep. to widen it's so much quicker to widen um and i think that this is this season especially of quarantine has allowed people that would have never paid attention to leaning into virtual they're being forced to do so yeah like you don't have a choice right um and talk about god making things like what the enemy meant for evil he turned it for good mm. it's like man like you said we have been absent, or at least our intentionality has been absent. Because we've streamed, and, you know, there are people that streamed, but, you know, have we really taken a hold of the platform like these influencers are? Man, there are so many mechanics built into various platforms where ad work and keywords and analytics and, like, doing your research. Like, I won't go to Africa as a missionary unless, like, I really do my due diligence in knowing about the culture and we did not do our due diligence on online and virtual culture. And it's exactly. a mission field. It's a mission field. And so I think that that is, that is, that, that I think needs to be said more, yep. more so now than ever. Here's kind of like the last thing. And, and then uh, we'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Cause I know you got other things, a lot of other things. You got everything. I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> so because of, the way culture is moving, um, especially you're in California, um, you know, all the civil unrest, we had our, our fair share here uh, in San Antonio, talking about online and virtual, and then talking about uh, turning that into what we're doing in our communities. Um, what do you think should be, or what do you think the church's response has been? What do you think it should have been? And what do you think it should be moving forward? That's great. Man, well, what the church response was, it was a reactionary response, which is already on the losing end. We should have been on top of this. We should have done better. Um, it, for whatever reason, it just wasn't a priority. For, dude, for all of the, even the people that are killing it right now, it's like, where, where, where were you? You know, like last year, where was I? You know, two years ago about this situation. Um, at the end of the day, I believe it, it, what we need now is leadership, right? It's absolutely leadership. Um, I, I look at what the church has done, and, and it's beautiful, because I, I believe that we should step in and, 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 and be a part of the conversation. Uh, but not only that, I believe that the church should always be at the forefront of change, because Jesus is our, our model, and he came to flip this world upside down. And, and unless you feel like you're being persecuted, are we really following in the model of our Jesus? Wow. You know, because it comes with persecution. It comes, like, how can you think this thing? And, and a lot of pastors, I'll tell you this, a lot of pastors want to stay out of it, out of fear of persecution and fear of uh, pain. But I mean, how did you expect it was going to be easy when the symbol of your movement is a cross, which is a death symbol? Yeah. You know, you know what you signed up for, hopefully. If not, then I pray that God removes you now because it's only going to get worse in the future. Right. Um, now moving forward, I believe that 
leadership is 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 the move. I I, I look at I look at um, some of the you know incredible leaders in the past that came out of the church. It, it, the church always has something to do in the future, but I believe that it takes a leader in the church from the church to do so. Um, a lot of the churches have been doing great with the branding and the marketing to be an echo to some of these great activists. But um, we need we need to we need to be led. We need we need leadership. I don't know, I don't know exactly what your community looks like. What you know, whoever is watching the community looks like. Um, but I think that global change begins with local engagement. So for us, it's like, what are we doing locally? Again, when we go on the social media and the public platform, that's great. But what about your private posture? That's what I say all the time. So it's like, what are we really doing privately? I believe the most impactful things are things that are not necessarily seen by the world, but they're felt by your community. It's called the local church at the end of the day. So what organizations are we partnering with? And at the end of the day, it comes down to us always bringing hope and Jesus to people. Jesus is the answer for all of it. And, and, and we have to step in and lead in and, and, and lead them with love back to Jesus. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. But for me, it's always going to be about the local engagement. Um, echo, echo on our global platform, but engage locally. And um, I, I'm one that's still learning. I mean, ever since this whole thing just kind of came up, I'm learning. I'm asking questions. Um, I ask people that are ahead of me, beyond me. We're dealing with so many transitions in our own church that I'm like, yeah. this is the worst time. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, when you know when this goes down in the, in the history, we want to make sure that you're in the right side of it. Um, we stand with Black Lives Matter, you know, at our church. We've been public about it uh, because it's the moment. And I could say, but also this, this, and that. But no, 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 no. It's about to be in the moment. Be here right now, humans. We have such a a, a, a a skill to like be somewhere, but be so disengaged. And what God is saying is like, it's engaged the moment with what I give you. I go back to the parable of the talents and, you know, some giving one, some two, some five. Maybe some churches are giving five talents in this fight. Maybe you've been given one. Just be faithful with that one. What is yeah. it? Echo, repose, do a class, yeah. sign up for a seminar, whatever it is. So for us, we're just being stewards with what comes our way. You know, yeah. yeah, man. And I think that a lot of the critique about especially BLM is from people that are on the sidelines. And I, I'm like, listen, like you said, we should have been on the forefront, right? We should be proactive and, and not reactive. We should have, we, that is our mandate has always been to the marginalized, to the oppressed. There's always been to injustice, to all of these different things that have been happening in our society. And the people that have an issue with that Black Lives Matter statement, right, that's also an organization, but uh, you and I both know we're for the statement, not the organization, duh. Right, right. Duh. Yeah. If, we, if we have to clarify that, um, I sure. hope we didn't have to. But we, the, the problem with people critiquing that is, well, where were you when, when you could have been the voice to make the statement? Mm. So now we're having to echo what other people said. Right. Like you said, we... Who knows? Who knows what could have been said? Yeah. Uh, the slogan that could have been produced by the church that everyone else echoed because it's so beautifully illustrated love on a level that no one else was seen in our communities. Yep. yep. Right? Because we can all agree that Black Lives Matter, we love the statement. But if we went back to the drawing board, we're like, man, how could we have avoided a lot of the obstacles that are in the way of that statement, right? Mm. Where people are saying, no, all lives matter. They're, 
we can't even have that conversation because we weren't there. We weren't present. We were on the sidelines. And guess what? The people that are still on the sidelines, yes. they, they're still, they're talking about the thing that, man, you weren't even in the game. Mm. Us that were in the game, we're, we're, some of us were not even playing the right game, right? Um, and, and so I think that those critiques, man, that's a part of being a part of the church. Yeah, but I'm, you know, one, one of the things that makes me uh, upset, but also, you know, yeah, just upset, is that we build this culture in Christianity. We, we picked our spokesman for Christianity. We, we made the celebrity pastors, the celebrity pastors. Wow. Not because they made us live out of conviction, but because they gave us comfort. So if you look at the celebrity pastors culture that we created, they're only celebrities because we've made them that. We invited them to our conferences. We made them whatever it is. We made them who they were, whoever those people are that told us, hey, it's just you and God. It's just like we have not yet collectively as a church picked our leadership uh, to be somebody who speaks up just for people, not just, you know, the ones that are sitting in the front row of the church, but the ones that even feel threatened by coming into the back row of the church. So right now, collectively, yes, we need to pick a solution. I believe we have the solution, but we have to be where the church fails is that we are so insecure of picking a leader. So, okay, who are the voices that are speaking up and let's push them up, right? Like, let's, 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 let's share their platform. We don't. We all try to build our platform of, of an issue, and it just doesn't sound sincere. So we make those people famous for who they are. That's why I love, you know, Reverend um, Samuel Rodriguez, everything that he does, Latinos, speaks for Latinos. So whatever he puts up, like, I just repost that. I'm like, dude, you're, you're the guy, man. You're, you're out there doing your thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm for Latinos, you know, in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican. I speak Spanish. Our time, our time will come. And, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that we can help each other out and, and grow. That's the big part. But right now, it's about the black community. So yes. who are the voices that we can get behind and, and push? And let's make a big deal about those people that are speaking for justice as much as those that were speaking about comfort. I think as a church, we can do better in saying, hey, world, Let's all put the, the laser focus on this one particular person because they're doing a great job. Man, and it comes full circle what you said about the shepherd. If we understand what it takes to be a shepherd, we would elevate, or what a shepherd is, we would elevate real shepherds. And I, I think about the teachings of what shepherds are and, and how the shepherd gate is not a door. It's the body of the shepherd. He would lay the mm. length of the gate so that if a wolf wanted to come in, it had to literally go through the shepherd. And I, I think about right now, like how many of our leaders, and Sam is a good example of that. He takes fire from everybody, but he'll still take it and he'll still step out. And I think that those voices, the ones that not everybody in the world agrees with, that is taking on heat for the sake of, like you said, conviction and not trying to convince people or comfort people in their minds, but really speak on behalf of the hearts of humanity, right? Like, that's a huge thing. And if, if we're able to see that and recognize that, we'll start to lift up those that could lead us in the promised land. Lift up the Joshua's, the Moses. Hold the hands of Moses, right, during, uh, during the battle. Hold, you know, and, and support these different people. But, dude, Abe, you're one of those guys. Come on. You have, like, I, and let me, let me say this because this is my show. Uh, so, <laughs> but but seriously, man, uh, guys, if you're not following Abe, I'm going to let him give himself a shout out right now. But his handle's right there at the top. And 
Uh, I'll have it in the description if you're, if you're watching later on, but you can watch this man live his life. Um, he, he is all about it. It is not easy to lead a church, to lead a big church, to lead it in transition, to lead it in quarantine, to lead it in a cultural shift, and to lead it in the age of social media. And you're doing all of those things as a millennial. You're an all-star, you're humble, you've admitted a lot, but I believe that shows your true strength, man. And I wanna tell you, I appreciate you. I can't wait to be in San Diego yes. because this is cool, but we all know, we know the real deal. We gotta be eating tacos together. Come on. And so one of these days, man, this thing will lift yes. and we'll be with each other again. So Abe, what I want you to do is to, how can people hear your sermons, what your church is doing? Because you guys are doing such great work. Uh, can you let them know where they can find it, what platforms and what to type in? Yeah, thanks, man, for all the kind words. I appreciate that. Likewise, just Abe Camacho on social media. And then uh, you can visit our website, heart, um, heartrevchurch.com. That's it. That's where we're at. Find us on YouTube. We'd love to connect with you if you're in San Diego. En español también, cualquier cosa. Aquí les hacemos las tortillas, la salsa, como quieran, todos. But uh, you know what, man? It's an honor to be here. Dude, I love you. I'm excited for uh, tomorrow's announcement. Dude, I'm hyped for you. I pray you get what y'all want and get ready for two, bro. And then, oh, man. I got two, bro. I'm telling you. I know. All over. <laughs> I got to learn it all over again. Bro, oh, you had it. Why'd you go mess it up? Why'd you, why, why? You were good. Hey, we had a lot of time in quarantine. Absolutely. So, <laughs> quarantine babies. No, yeah, and people are trying to name her uh, uh, Rona, and they're trying to name her. Rona. No, man, I, I, y'all need to stop sending me those name suggestions. But man, thank you again, Abe. I appreciate you. I'm going to have you back on, man. We, we have so much more to talk about. You have Let's do it. just so much. And uh, thank you. Thank you for your time tonight. Let's do it. Love you, bro. Appreciate you. Love you Love too, bro. Background. Keep it. Tell you why. <laughs> I got you. I got uh, you. Peace out. Peace out. Yo, that was Abe. Um, man, such a good friend. Such a great example, leader. Just somebody that you want to have around you. Guys, y'all need to go. If you haven't watched this, I'm going to post it on my story. And then I'm going to post it on YouTube and on podcasts. Uh, so much gold in this. It was so concise. It was step by step. This one can change your life. And we're going to continue rolling on this next Monday. I'm going to have another special guest. So keep tuning in. If you haven't subscribed, go to my link in bio. Go to my YouTube channel. Go to my podcast. You can hear all these conversations. So many great people. I'm going to be reposting all of season one. Season one, having so many great people like Jesus Arrián Romero, then we had Bishop Bronner, then we had Daniela Freyson. We had so many different people on it. It was awesome. It was amazing. So be blessed, and I'll catch you next Monday for episode seven of season two of Homies and Heroes. Thank you. Be blessed.